I'm just going to keep saying you are worth investing in and you have to believe that or anything we share about ideas doesn't matter if you don't believe that you're worth it and that there really is enough time to find a spot for you. Hi, you're listening to episode 32 of The Rare Life. I'm your host, Madeline Cheney. I'm so excited for Jessica Pate's special topic episode all about self-care. Jessica has been on her special needs parenting journey for almost 18 years. She's learned a lot that she shares in both her story episode and in this special topic episode. So if you missed her story episode previous to this one, go back at some point and give that one a listen too. There are some real gems in there. In this episode, Jessica differentiates between self-soothing practices and self-care practices. And she responds to the, I don't have time excuse. We also chat about some of her favorite forms of self-care, like running and deep breathing. And she teaches us about the concept of false guilt. As you will hear over and over throughout the episode, self-care is so important and it doesn't have to be grand or time-consuming. You guys, this is so uncomfortable, but I can't let this episode release without putting in my own personal opinion about self-care loud and clear. I'm going to contradict what parenting books, society at large, and yes, even my amazing guest, Jessica, say about self-care. Can I count how many times I've been told that I need to take care of myself so I can be a better wife and mother, so I can have more to give? Like the old adage, you can't pour from an empty pitcher. It is so true. I am a far better wife and mother and member of society when I take care of myself. It's an amazing side effect. It's a fantastic bonus. And it can even be the motivation you need to start the journey if self-care still feels taboo. But the number one reason you and I need to take care of ourselves is because we matter. Because we have worth. Because we are human beings. It isn't okay for anyone to be worked into the ground without a minute or an hour to themselves to refuel. Every time I hear the message, you need to take care of yourself so you can better take care of your family, I cringe. I think it's toxic. Again, it's a great bonus, but it is not the reason that you deserve self-care. You matter, and that is why you deserve self-care. Okay, off my soapbox. Now that is done, I had to put that out there before I release this episode so you know where I stand, what my personal opinion is about it. Now we can jump into the goodness that is Jessica and all the awesome things she has to share about self-care. Hi, Jessica. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Madeline. So we get to talk about one of my favorite topics, and I know one of your favorite topics, which is self-care and specifically relating to special needs parents, because who needs self-care more than us and who has a harder time finding the time for it than us? So I feel like it's a very, um, it's an interesting little combo there where our mountains are bigger, so we need 
more self-care, but it's also, it takes more intention to get that. So I'll start out with how do you define self-care and how do you know an activity or a thing is giving you what you need? Well, I, I like to distinguish between self-care practices and self-comfort practices, which mm. I read somebody else's words on this and it changed my life. So self-care, the way I define self-care is engaging in any kind of activity that produces a sense of calm or peace or gives you a spark of joy hmm. that's lasting. Okay. So, you know, exercise, of course, is an easy one to cite as a self-care practice. It could be meditation. It could be prayer. It could be writing in a gratitude journal. It could just be writing. It could be knitting. It could be cooking because that brings you spark. Mm-hmm. It could be any kind of creative endeavor. It could be spending time with life-giving friends. Yeah. So those activities will help you for the long haul of caregiving or the long haul of chronic hardship. Self-comfort practices are those practices like getting your nails done, you know, eating some dark chocolate, you know, watching a show on Netflix or having a glass of wine or, you know, your favorite cup of coffee or tea or whatever. Nothing wrong with those things, but those only help you in the moment. Mm -hmm. And once you've left the nail salon, poof, it's over. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily sustain you. Massage could go either way. I think if you have (laughs) regular routine massages, get the toxins out, that could be, that could go into self-care. But once a year, that's a comfort, right? Right. Um, So, and self-comfort practices taken to an extreme just serves to numb out. Yes, Does you no good or to a very, very extreme addiction, right? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't serve you at all. That is not going to help you be a strong, resilient caregiver. Mm -hmm. So I always like to start off by defining the the two and Mm -hmm. distinguishing the two. Yeah, I can, I I had a similar aha moment about the numbing activities. About a year ago, I was kind of in the, I'm just going to watch YouTube videos till it's time to go to bed after the kids go to bed. And I would just feel terrible after. I was like, well, that was fun. But now I feel terrible because I know I have to get up in the morning and face everything all over again. And I did not feel any restoration from it. I realized I was trying to escape my life instead of filling myself up so I could deal with it better. So that resounds with me. Tell me about a time when you had an aha moment about your self-care. Well, so I have always been a runner or someone who loves to exercise. It's something I've done my whole life. And even with marriage and kids, I always made it a priority. Mm. And there were several years ago, I heard somebody say that she was quoting a therapist that when new hardship is introduced that sometimes your old habits that are self-care like my running might not be working for you because you have new you have a new crisis Mm -hmm. and not that there's anything wrong with whatever it was that you were doing but you might find that you need to add something else and now i hate saying that because when people hear about self-care, it just feels like a to-do list. 
-hmm. And it's really not. It's really not meant to be this should and this pressure and shame and judgment if, if you don't. Yeah. It's really about taking care of yourself because you don't want to burn out for your family. It's investing in your spirit, in your soul, in your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, Mm -hmm. so that you don't burn out. It's not a should, it's not a to-do list item. Mm -hmm. It's looking at yourself and valuing yourself and recognizing that you are worth investing in because you are the caregiver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a long journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I'll add on to that too. I feel like you're worth investing in because you are human. You have these duties of taking care of another human. And you are also a human that also needs care. And I think that's so much easier, you know, before you have a family because that's what yes. you're thinking about is how can I take care of myself today? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, a family comes along and especially when a special needs child comes along, then that all of a sudden becomes something, I don't know, for me, it's been something I have to schedule in. Um, mm-hmm. What is your advice for that for someone who says, I don't have time for self-care? What advice do you have? I would say that that is a, a motherhood myth. hmm because we don't think that we're worth investing the time. Mm -hmm. Think about the love and care that you give your child and the support and the intention and the effort with which you take care of your child. That same heart intention and love can be given to yourself. So Mm -hmm. the, I don't have time. If I were to, Brutally respond, I would say, if you have time for Netflix, you have time to sit and take deep breaths for 10 minutes mm-hmm. every day Yeah. or write in a gratitude journal or just write your feelings out and get it out. That's super cathartic yeah. or whatever hobby that's laying dormant, you know, whether that's, you know, an easy one, like picking up a book or listening to a book and that gives mm-hmm. you life or whatever it is, you can yeah. figure it out. But I would say that the time thing is a limiting belief because there is enough time in the day for your needs and your family needs to be met. So Mm -hmm. notice I didn't say wants. Yeah. Okay. Your family might (laughs) want a home cooked meal every night. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, right? Yeah. I love one night a week. It's pizza and salad kit and I'm going to go for a walk. Because mm-hmm. it gives me extra time. So yeah. we have choices what to do with our time. And I think it's really important to think about the message that we've received that we are not allowed to take any time away from our family, mm-hmm. that we need to spend every moment with our family, that we can't find joy in activities outside our family. These are all messages that we get mm-hmm. as mothers, as women, as caregivers. And then when you have a special needs child who has extra, extra, extra needs, there's this additional message. I can't leave and no one else can take care of my child. And I don't have time because I have all these therapies and I have all these appointments. Mm -hmm. Well, you could cancel one of those if that allows you time to stick in some self-care. You really could. 
and I'm giving you permission. Like we need to rethink the messages that we've taken in about motherhood and our role. Yeah. I really love that. I feel like one, one awesome, like this one time I was going to an exercise class, a Zumba class. I love Zumba, Fine. which I'm missing right now, but uh, with COVID, but like, while I was there, I was like, I feel like Maddie right now. Like this is me. And I just love that feeling of you get a break from being the role of wife or mother or whatever. And you get to just be yourself. You get to be Jessica. And so I don't know. I feel like that is one way too that I have been able to define self-care for myself is like, this is just for me. And I, mm-hmm. it feels so healthy. <laughs> it is so healthy. It really is to have some separateness yeah. from your spouse and your family to do an activity that you love. Yeah. It's okay. Because you're feeding you so that you can handle this chronic hardship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you deserve to feel joy and peace in your life, at least to some degree, while you're grappling with really hard things. Yes. You can have those yes. simultaneously. Yes. 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 Absolutely. What are your self-care routines for okay. you personally? Yeah, for me personally. <laughs> so um, you know, I'm always going to exercise. So right now I'm in a running group twice a week. Oh, fun. And early in the morning, tomorrow, 6 a.m. on Wednesdays <laughs> and then 7 a.m. on Sundays. And unless I'm dying, (laughs) I don't miss. I don't ever cancel. It's just, it's an appointment I make. I look forward to seeing my running buddies and we're all out there together. And it's this beautiful metaphor, even if we're not running side by side, we all know we're out there. We're all cheering each other on, you know, just Mm -hmm. like I I think of that, like for we are brave together, even Mm -hmm. though we might not be side by side in the same city, we're all out there running and we're cheering Mm -hmm. each other on. Um, so that's, that's always going to be there some form of, of exercise, but Mm -hmm. I would say writing in the gratitude journal, three things in the morning to start my day like that. For anyone who doesn't do that on a regular basis, like Mm -hmm. myself, I totally need to start. (laughs) What kinds of things do you write in there? How do you determine what to write in your gratitude journal? So there's, it could be anything. Um, there are two ways to go about it. You could choose any number. I just choose three could be five. You could do twice a day, once a day, 10 things. And then I just write three things that I'm grateful for that could be anything. It could be this cup of coffee, or it could be this beautiful caregiver who's so patient with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our respite babysitters, just amazing. And so That's patient awesome. with Ryan. So she went in my journal. Um, awesome. Another way to do it, which I've done also in the past is I am grateful for and why think about why and it just really cements it a little bit more why you're grateful for that thing or that person or that anything Anything. I love that that's so cool that seems like that's a great um, way to feel more mindful to really stop slow down and appreciate something I love that it does and I think when you write in a gratitude journal it helps you like what mindfulness experts will say, like to stop and just notice, Mm -hmm. you just notice goodness. 
you just yeah. notice the smallest things that you appreciate and fostering that really helps override the junk that really wants to sit in our minds too. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself noticing those things throughout the day? Right some days, now? yes. Some days, no. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so cool. I totally... For those of you listening who hear that, I'm like, I want to start too. I'll start with you. Let's do it together because <laughs> I know I need to. I've heard that so many times. Um, what is another self-care routine that you love? Since the pandemic started, because it was a new crisis, uh, I downloaded the Calm app and I love their 10-minute mm. meditation, just a guided meditation. She'll, she'll say a little bit, but most of the time it's just like nature sounds and she reminds you to just breathe. And focus on your breathing. Mm. Get the monkey mind chatter out and just not where you're like clear your mind, but just focus on your breathing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's so calming. It's really a wonderful way to start or end the day. So that's something new that I I felt like I needed something else in my artillery of weapons yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. when COVID and quarantine and everything started. Yeah. Yeah. And I in the previous episode, when you talked about Ryan turning 18 and how you knew that that would trigger some grief, I think it is nice when you can say, this is hard or this thing that's coming up is going to be hard and I'm going to up up mm-hmm. the self-care, you know, and yes. be very intentional about helping yourself be capable of handling what you're given. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have choices about whether we're going to do these things or not. We really do. It's, it's really, it's really in our hands. We are not powerless to our schedules and to our family's needs. We're not, we really can stop and make some choices in bite-sized amounts. I'm not saying you have to go do yoga two hours a day. I'm not saying go join a gym. You know, I'm not saying leave your kids unsafe so you can go and engage in self-care. I'm not saying be, you know, irresponsible, but stop and recognize that your value as a caregiver is critical. What you do is critical and you would never tell your best friend, I can't believe that you're going to go and do that for yourself, but why do we treat ourselves so unkindly? Yeah. Why do we speak to ourselves and judge ourselves? Um, somebody I just talked to, how did she say it? I loved it. Judgment is the enemy of self-care. Hmm. I do like that. That voice in your head that's saying, why are you doing this? Or, mm-hmm. or even this is too much work. I'm too tired. I'm going to go sit on the couch. Cause that's one thing I've thought of too, is like self-care is a form of work just like taking care of anyone else, it's still something that takes discipline to say, no, I'm going to go do this routine. I'm going to go take that bubble bath that I have every night because I know it'll help me. I'll be happy later. But I think that's probably a dangerous mentality to think, but it's supposed to be easy if it's self-care because it's supposed to be fun. But I think sometimes taking the steps to go take care of yourself can be work, you know, the, the mental work of of shutting off that judgmental inside voice because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you don't deserve it or that it's too hard. Right. And it's also creating new habits. If you're starting from mm-hmm. zero, 
or you need to change something because it's just not working anymore. It's starting a new habit and it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. you know, resilience is doing things that we don't feel like doing. And there are things that we know to do that will make us feel better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just have to make ourselves. There are plenty of times when I've had a super stressful week where I'm like, forget it. I don't have time. I'm not going to do it. I don't feel like it because I'm like feeling so, you know, funky in my head yeah, that week. Yeah. I'm just so stressed and I'm stretched to the limit. And then I go and make myself go for a run and not skip, even though I'm just not there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm so grateful afterward. Yes. Yes, totally. So I want to also say if, if there's any listeners out there and you're the mom, you're 5, 10, 15 years into your journey and you've done everything for everybody, it's really hard to change that dynamic in the family. If you've never asked your partner or your husband, you know what, could you take the kids on Saturday morning so I can go for a walk? or whatever it is, right? Whatever it is that you need to ask help for and you want to go engage in something that's self-care, whatever that is. And you never have because you're the mom who's been a martyr mom and you've done everything. And maybe you've Mm -hmm. wanted that, but you're realizing I have to change some of the way we operate in order for me to really take care of myself because I'm facing burnout. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is hard, but it's not impossible. And we have to communicate our needs. And if you're a single mom listening, I know it's harder to get the help so that you can leave if your self-care involves leaving the house, mm-hmm. but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's just hard to ask for help. Yeah. How do you recommend... What would a conversation and asking for help, how would that look? You would definitely want to just be stressing your own needs. Mm-hmm. I am feeling burnt. I am feeling exhausted. And I'm realizing I need to do some things that put deposits in my bank. Yeah. And I think maybe if I went for a walk once a week, twice a week, whatever, whatever it is, you fill in the blank, that might really help me because I want to be the best wife and mom that I can be. And compassion fatigue is a real thing. And so I don't, I don't want to burn out because then I'm no good to you. So if you approach it with a spouse from that way, it's not, you don't do anything. I do everything. You're approaching mm-hmm. it with what I need, how I'm feeling. Can you help me? Yeah. It's a very non-threatening way. You're expressing specifically and specifically, explicitly and specifically <laughs> what you need, what you need and what you want. And it's not telling them they don't do anything or they don't do enough. And maybe that's the case, but that's not the way to approach it. Because you can't change them, but you can change you. So if you're working on your own self-care, then you have to approach it from what you need. Yeah. 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 
it feels really mature and responsible to say I'm in charge of myself because in the end, you are the one in charge of taking care of yourself. No one else will do it for you. And so a lot of times that entails asking. And I love the way you phrase that where it isn't defensive. It's not going to start this huge fight. I mean, if anyone heard that, you would only elicit feelings of compassion and wanting to help because it's so non-threatening, as you said. And for anyone listening, Marriage 365 is an amazing resource because they tackle every topic in communication. And I've learned a lot by watching their webcasts and Mm. they have some great worksheets that really help you navigate. That's awesome. I'll put a link for that in the show notes too. Oh, good. Check that out. That's so great. In a video that you had on your Instagram, you mentioned false guilt in relation with uh, self-care. What is that? So the whole mommy guilt phenomenon, (laughs) I think it's just stems from motherhood myths that we have to give every ounce of energy and time and focus to our families. And if we don't, we feel guilty because we believe that message. Mm. So if we believe that we can't find joy or peace or fun outside of our families, we're not allowed to because it should all be about the family. Then we're going to feel guilty, but it's false guilt because you didn't actually do anything wrong. Mm. Guilt is when you do something wrong. And shame wants to accuse you of being wrong at your core. Yeah. So like in my example in that video, I was sharing how I would rather get up early two mornings a week to go and exercise than feel like I need to put on some Pinterest worthy breakfast for my family. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that. But Mm -hmm. if I bought into it, shame would love to say, you're so selfish. You are a selfish human being because everyone's eating cereal that morning or whatever. They're fending for themselves. My kids are older, you know, um, or I mean, you could turn that into lunch or dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same thing. If shame wants to say you are wrong at your core, but taking care of yourself so that you can be a better, healthier mom and wife for your family. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Also, I think if, if your identity, security, and worth is all wrapped up in your motherhood role, then if you choose to engage in anything outside of that, you're going to feel that false guilt. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to kill you from doing anything to take care of your mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, physical health. Yeah, because it needs to align with your with your inner beliefs and your inner principles. How would you go about redefining what is right? And like if someone is stuck in that where that is how they define um, their worth or they think that taking any time for themselves is not okay, how do you redefine that so that you really truly believe that and you don't feel guilty for taking care of yourself? Hmm. That's a good question. I think you could be really, really practical and just ask yourself 
am I facing burnout if I stay on this trajectory? Mm -hmm. Am I really capable of keeping up the pace and all the roles and responsibilities that I carry for my family without engaging in any type of self-care practice? Is that really sustainable? And hopefully you will come to the conclusion that no, I'm gonna burn out. I'm gonna burn out and I'm gonna get bitter. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that will help you shape a new way of looking at things. I think sometimes therapy, sometimes a life coach really helps you retrain your thoughts. Yeah. Because we've received messages since we were little girls from culture, society, church, family, grandmothers, auntie, you know, whatever, social media, you know, be the Pinterest, you know, perfect mom, you know, mm-hmm. and make this beautiful meal and post it every night. Yeah. I mean, it's just not realistic. And I think moms face moms in general face way more pressures today to perform and to be perfect Mm -hmm. than our mothers did. Yeah. And I hope too, if even trying out self-care, so maybe picking one practice and trying it out for a while, hopefully you would get hooked. Because I think that's what has happened for people who do practice self-care is you're like, oh my goodness, I can't do life without this. And you realize how awesome it is. Because when you're talking about burnout, I'm like, I feel like when I'm not, I mean, even if I'm doing self-care, but not enough self-care at the time, I feel myself burning out. Like it's this process that feels terrible. And um, life is is not a pleasant experience without that self-care. And that's something yes. that can just bring us joy every day or every mm-hmm. week and you can look forward mm-hmm. to it. And it's this, I don't know, it just adds so much pizzazz to life. <laughs> it does. And I love the way you put that. And that is going to permeate your motherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine if I didn't do some of the things that I do. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would be, I mean, I feel like I carry a lot of tension at home anyways, And I think I would just be a mess if I wasn't doing anything to de-stress, sweat it out, write it out, Mm -hmm. you know, have life-giving talks with friends in person or the phone or a girl's trip. You know, I I think I would just be really no fun (laughs) to be around because Mm -hmm. we live with chronic stress. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that whoever's out there listening who might be still rolling their eyes about Mm self-care that it's not um, some people say, well, I tried it for a week or I I tried it for a month and I didn't notice a difference. It's not instantaneous. It's just putting in the time and it doesn't mean tons of time. It could be 10 minutes a day Mm -hmm. of doing something that's gives you spark or makes you smile Mm-hmm. Or it could be a Zumba class, which could be for an hour. And it's mm-hmm. don't give up because you are worth it. Don't give up on yourself. You're not giving up on somebody else's to-do list. You're not giving up on somebody else hanging something over your head. 
you're giving up on caring for you as you would your child, your best friend, your spouse. I'm just going to keep saying you are worth investing in and you have to believe that or anything we share about ideas doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. If you don't believe that you're worth it and that there really is enough time in a, in, in the, in the day or in the week to find a spot for you. Yes. Yeah. I really like that. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing about self-care and things you've learned from it. Thanks for having me. As a reminder, January's question of the month is your favorite form of self-care. See what I did there? (laughs) You can find a link in the show notes to the website to answer that if you haven't already. There are also links to the Calm app and Marriage 365 that Jessica talked about in the episode. You can like the Facebook page, The Rare Life Podcast, and subscribe to the podcast if you want to be notified about episodes as they are released. Join me next week as I chat about coping with grief with award-winning and licensed clinical social worker, Orly Bills, who works for the Rainbow Kids Palliative Care Program at Primary Children's Hospital. Our conversation is full of gems. See you then.